Let's sit down and our Christmas message uh, this year is from Steve. So let's welcome Steve. Thank you. Good to be with you. I need five youngsters. Let's have six, seven, eight, nine, and a ten-year-old, please. Five youngsters. One, six. Anyone six? If you're six, come on. That'll do. Near six. Quick, quick, quick. We haven't got all day here. I'm on 15 minutes. Seven. Seven years old. Six or seven. Seven, you'll do. You're perfect. Perfect. Come on. (laughs) Quick, 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 quick. I need some adults, I think. Eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, ten-year-olds. Come on, come on. Five people. For any five... Quick, quick, quick. You hold on to that. Just by the top bit, though, because otherwise you won't get a good sound out of it. Have a little practice. Have a little practice. Just hold it by the top bit, otherwise it sounds terrible. Now, I need some of the oldies for these two. Paul Glenn is not old enough. (laughs) And one more. Someone really ancient. Nigel. Thank you, Nigel. (laughs) Now then, just hold it by the top, okay? Now listen, I'm going to speak for 15 minutes maximum. When you hear the word joy, shake the bell for three seconds. Just these ones. Three seconds. Joy. When you hear great joy, and when you hear good news of great joy, fantastic. Still practice. Joy. (laughs) Great joy. Good news of great joy. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? When were you last greatly troubled? When were you last terror struck? For me, it was last Thursday afternoon. I took a gentle walk to the barbers, as you can see. (laughs) I sat in the chair, and I was chit-chatting with him, and then he just slipped in a little question to me. Would you like the hair removed from your nose? And stupidly, I said, yes, please. Now, normally, they get long nose scissors, and I sit very, very still, because I know this is a bit delicate, and they shove it up each nostril and snip away. But he did something different. I'd never been to this barber's before, and I started to get very, very worried. He took an earbud, you know one of those things you stick in your ear that you're not supposed to, and he cut it in half, and then he got a pot of boiling wax, and he put half of the earbud into the boiling wax. Then he came over to me and stuck it up one nostril. (laughs) Then he got... (laughs) Then he got the other half of the earbud, put it in the same wax and stuck it up the other nostril. And then I couldn't breathe at all, so I had had my mouth open and I thought, what is he going to do next? And I looked in the mirror and saw these two sticks looking at me And I thought, I know what he's going to do next. And that was when I was terror struck. And he waited for the boiling wax to harden. And then he took hold of the stick. And he did the kind of quick elastoplast removal method, which was a sudden pull. And uh, 
I was somewhat terror struck. <laughs> Mary was greatly troubled. The shepherds were terrified. All around, good news of great joy. Let's have a look at the first picture, please. Okay, this is just around the corner from where Tara and I live. In the Middle East. Can you guess what it says? It says, Joy Street. Joy Street. And you might look at the street and wonder, where is the joy? Olive trees, a few houses... What made someone write that sign and hammer it onto that post and leave it there? Was it an exam someone had passed? Maybe success at an interview? The all clear from a doctor? An amazing birth that they waited long for? Now, good news moves and motivates us. Mary, after the shock of hearing about her coming pregnancy, sang a song which included the line, My spirit rejoices. Joy overflowed. The shepherds had good news broken to them. What did the angels say? I bring you good news of great joy for all people. Shepherds had been in shock, but they said, let's go. You know, God is not angry with us. He's not a miserable inspector. He's not like a traffic warden on the snoop. God absolutely loves us through and through. And in this extreme act of love, he sent Jesus into this broken world of ours. I wonder if someone in that street where Jesus was born wrote a sign and stuck it down the street. Great Joy Street. Very good, very good. You know, today, 2,000 years on, the good news still rolls on. I've been traveling a lot and on Tuesday this last week I was in Central Asia and I went to an underground church and this really is underground. Spent two days there talking about the kingdom of God with some lovely people who've been flown in from a very difficult area. It's too difficult to go and see them. The worship band wasn't like this, it was one man with a guitar. He played three songs, and as he played the third song, the Holy Spirit just came down, and were, there were people in that room with tears of joy on their faces. That same first Christmas spirit is rolling on. The week before, I was in North Africa and visited a little cafe. I went there really early in the morning, and I went there 
right through the evening, as much time as I possibly could until throwing out time. It was just a pleasure to be there. They didn't have money. It was a poor little cafe. But young people, very disillusioned with what's going on in their country, came along. And it wasn't long before they found that there was a different message in that cafe. The people working there loved Jesus and wanted to share the good news with anyone that came through the door. They did it carefully, but at some risk to the business and themselves. And I sat down next to a young woman and said, can I chat to you? And after a minute, she just put her hand on mine and said, don't waste your time with me. I accepted Jesus two weeks ago. Go and talk to her over there. So I went and talked to her over there, and she said to me, can you help me? I've been reading my holy book. These guys are telling me about their holy book. I really don't know what's true. Can you help me? And we had a wonderful conversation. A cafe dedicated to helping the people of that big city hear the good news of Jesus. Next picture, please. In September, I was up in another Central Asian country, and I met an assistant pastor. And I said to him, I've been coming here for a long time now, over several years, twice a year, and I've never met your pastor. Where is he? And he said to me, ah, you've never met him because he's in prison. The authorities demanded that he sign over the church to the authorities so they could knock the building down and turn it into something else. He refused, and he got four-year prison sentence. Recently, he finished three and a half years in prison. It's a terrible place, the prison. But because of good behavior, they said to him, you're free to go six months early. And he replied, I'm married, I've got young kids, but I don't want to leave. Please let me stay until the end of my four-year sentence. And they agreed. Why did he do that? Because he was having such a wonderful time sharing the news with his fellow prisoners that he didn't want to lose that amazing opportunity. The good news rolls on, even today. Next picture. Tara and I, we live in West Asia, and... This young woman came up to me one day, met me outside another barber's shop, and she said to me, will you help me? My life is over. I'm 20 years old. I've been kicked out of university. I've got three months left to take the re-entry exam. I've done no work for nine months. I need my English level to increase drastically. Will you help me? I said, I'll try, but we're going to have to do this together. First lesson, she said, my life is over. So I wrote her name down, E-L-I-F. I crossed it out, took the E from the front of her name and wrote it on the end, so it spelled life, and said to her, Elif, you've got a choice. You can carry on like this, being negative and hopeless about the future, or you can grab this chance and let's push through together until your entrance exam again in September. We put in hours and hours and hours of work together. One day she said to me, 
Steve, I can't come to tomorrow's lesson. I've got to go to the mosque. It's a special day when we remember our holy book coming down from heaven. I said, how holy is it to you, Elif? She said, it's the most wonderful book in the whole world. I would die for that book. Then I said to her, Elif, have you ever read it? And she looked down at her feet and she said, no, Steve, I've never read it. And I said to her, Elif, and she just kept looking at the floor. She's on a journey and Tara and I are walking with her. On the day of her exam, we sent her Psalm 121, verse 1. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the maker of heaven and earth. Two weeks later, my phone rang. It was Elif. She was crying. Was it good news? Was it bad news? We didn't know. 60% was the pass mark. She got 62, and she was just overjoyed. Absolutely full of joy. So Tara and I, we dashed into the car, went to the cake shop, bought her a cake with 62% written on it, drove to her village and celebrated with her family. You might have an address in SE26 or SE23. Question for you this, this afternoon. Are you living on Joy Street? Where's your real home? Do you know there's vacancies on Joy Street? Only one road leads to Joy Street. <laughs> Via a two-kilogram baby in Bethlehem and a cross in Jerusalem. And Joy is an orientation of the heart. An orientation of the heart. It's not just being very happy. It's an orientation of the heart that Jesus specializes in. Two years ago, I was sitting right at the back there. I can't see you in the dark, but exactly where you are. And Melissa, she won't remember this, she came to the front at the start of the service and she read these words. The darkness will not go on forever. The darkness will not go on forever. I was in a dark place at the time. And that was God speaking to me two years ago in that chair right there. The darkness will not go on forever. Come home this Christmas. It's an exclusive offer. Good news of great joy for all people. Stop, 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 stop. Good news of joy for all people. <laughs>